We're back, and uh, we're going to be doing our third segment here, and I want to thank you for listening. If you just joined us, we're talking today about having clarity and vision for your life. Where are you going, and how are you getting there? And uh, I read in a book once that uh, the, the Power of Vision by George Barna has said that the vision should outlast the visionary. And if your vision dies with you, you're not thinking big enough. That's not, that's not a real big vision. Yeah. So uh, we're talking to Kurt today. I'm kind of turning the tables today, and I'm asking Kurt questions because he just over the past couple of months had a weekend retreat with uh, corporate coach, life coach, and um, just all around good guy, Dan Webster, about how to have some clarity in your life. And we talked the first couple segments about your past, how examining your past is important to your present and future, thinking ahead to the future about what you want people to say about you at your funeral when you're dead and gone. Do you want them to just say, hey, he's a good looking corpse, uh, <laughs> nice head of hair, but uh, or whatever it is, but do you want more than that? And then so you got with Dan, and said, hey, uh, let's get together. And you spent an entire weekend talking about those two items and talking about your present. It was uh, all day Saturday. We, we met him, uh, Nancy and I went together from uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, and we didn't get done till after 5. So you spent a work day, in essence. All day. And, we, and, and, basically, and, and then before we you know, I had to do this homework, kind of pre-work before we got there, one of the other questions that... And it was it was it's four critical questions, which was I, I just to me was off, offered great clarity to me. He asked you these four questions to before the retreat, right? Okay. And these are the four questions: What's right? What's right in your personal life? What's right in your family life? What's right in your vocational life? What's right in your spiritual life? Oh, okay. You, you, you jot that down. You know what is right. You know what is right about my personal life? Oh, okay. I, um, I'm I've taken in nourishment every day. I'm able to get out of bed. I've got I'm healthy. I'm I've got some great friendships. I love what I do. You know, da da da. I, I've I'm so grateful for my new wife, incredible bride that God has just given me. Um, but then the next question, what's wrong? What's wrong in my personal life? What's wrong in my family life? What's wrong in my vocational life? What's what? or some maybe some things what's wrong in my spiritual life um and then the third question what's missing what's missing in my personal life i wrote down i'm not sleeping very good <laughs> chad you're gonna have uh you're, you're gonna be able to write that down for, yeah. ye- for years i got a few more yeah we've been, we haven't been sleeping for 10 years basically <laughs> but you know what's what's missing in in my family life what's missing in my vocational life What's missing in my spiritual life? I, I put, wrote down in my vocation life what's missing. Sometimes my calendar is too full. It's, it's, it's what's hard for me to say no to all the ministry opportunities and things that are before me. And sometimes I need some more margin. And then uh, what's, so what's right, what's wrong, what's missing? And then the last question, what's confusing? What's confused? What's confusing in my personal life? What's confusing in my family life? And I wrote down in my family life, I need, uh, I, I need an understanding of how to blend a family, hmm. how to take seven kids and, and uh, how to blend all that together. And, and we unpacked that significantly um, when I was with Dan. Hmm. It was just, just rich time. You know, what's, what's confusing about my vocational life and what's 
uh, confusing about my spiritual life. So what did Dan do when you're asking these questions? He's asking you these questions, and you're, you've come at, at him with all this information, this pre-retreat information about you're analyzing your decades, those four questions about the four areas of your life, and your, your funeral conversations. What did he do with that information? He is writing on these big Post-it notes. He's got this huge kind of almost like a dry erase board, but it's got the post-it notes and he is writing, um, okay, this is what I hear you saying. And he would write down different um, strengths, weaknesses, highlights based on these questions and many, many others. And then I'll never forget this, Chad. Uh, He would tear off these big post-it and he would post, uh, you know, tape them on this 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 room that we were in and all of a sudden over time over that toward the end of saturday after nine hours with him the whole room was full of these big post-it notes and he looked at me and he said kurt this is your life i'm like i and i never had never done that before but i'm like wow that's true we we talked about zero to ten and all the way through, uh, you know, up to 53. And then we talked about all the other kind of details in between what we've talked, you know, talked about these four questions. And he said, this is your life. Hmm. And he wanted to know about my parents. And he wanted to know about the heritage that I grew up in. Was it faith-filled? Was it pagan? Was it, you know, and I was, you know, thankfully I was able to say, no, I grew up in a Christian family. And, and he, he just laid all this out he said kurt this is your life what was it like seeing your life on in ink <laughs> on paper on a wall what, what was going through your head you know it was uh, there was there was a lot of gratefulness like lord you've been very good to me mm-hmm. um but it also was very real because in in uh you know we've talked about this chad over the last uh, you know when Kristen was diagnosed mm-hmm. and her death and all, all of that brought tremendous, tremendous pain that I, I can't even really describe. Mm-hmm. But um, in the midst of all that, I still see the goodness of God. Hmm. And um, even through all the tears, uh, you know, I come back out of it and God has given me the gift of Nancy. And I, and I go, God, thank you. Thank you for how you've worked and really what I it goes back to that verse in Philippians that he who began a good work in Kurt Souter will bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus and even though I'm I'm reminded of what Proverbs 16 9 says a man makes his plans but the Lord directs his steps I think some people get I always heard Bob Russell say this in a sermon that Aristotle said that if, if you can screw up something good in two ways, too much and too little, you mm. take something virtuous and, and, and err in too much or too little. I think one way is that men can say, okay, I'm going to plan my life. This is exactly what's going to happen in five years, 10 years, 20 years. This is my 50 year plan. And then it becomes this idol that they worship. This is exactly what I and is going to happen. Hmm. And that's a little bit, a little bit too on that extreme. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, Jesus says it. He says what you, you, the, to the, the rich young ruler, he builds up his barns, and, 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 and Jesus says, you fool. 
you, you've got all of this stuff, you filled your barns, but yet tonight your very life will be taken from you. How foolish to think that you can plan because, you know, the Bible says clearly um, our life is like a vapor. It's just that, I mean, when, when Kristen and I, we are planning on doing ministry side by side, um, all of a sudden, I mean, the, the moment that we make that known public, uh, you know, that we announce that, she's diagnosed with stage four terminal lung cancer. Right. And it's like, it's over. Right. And, and so you have to hold it very loosely, but at the same time, God wants us to, to prepare, to plan. And that's the other end of it. Some people say, you know what? I don't have a plan. I'm good. The Holy Spirit will, will guide me. I'm God's, just going to float. Just keep going. Floating you know? through life. Yeah. And that is just as, as really foolish as the other That's end. Right. That's exactly right. Right? You, I, I think the Lord wants us to st- be strategic, to be intentional, to write things down, to have a game plan. Psalm uh, 16 says, you know, that he has known, made known to me the path of life. He, he, that, that's uh, the psalmist talking, you know, that, but we have to hold it very loosely. And we have to say, Lord, you know, but I'm in your hands and you, you are the author and master of my life. And so, Lord, whenever you say it, life is over or tough things will happen, I, I will not be able to succeed in this. I mean, I wanted to play ball in college. Oh, well, you know, you blow your knee out and tear it all up right. in high school. Ah, I didn't play ball in college. <laughs> you don't have any control of your knee getting blown out. You don't have really any control as much as you can exercise and eat well. You don't have any control of getting cancer. You don't have control of those things. But you do have control of what you have control of. That's right. And I, I just read this morning that when Jesus said, some of the seed falls on good soil and produces 30, 60, and 100 times, right? It's our job to get good soil. Yeah, we, we don't do the producing the 30, 60, 100 no. fold. We just, we got to take care of the good soil. And we and just like your dad, you grew up on a farm. And if your dad said, you know what, I'm going to drive by on the tractor, sling some seed out in the, in the yard, and we hope we have a good crop. If he did that, what would have happened? Yeah, I, I, you know, Chad, um, what you're talking is really resonates deeply because I got to see that year in and year out. On the farm, and we need to take a break, so we'll, we'll bring that right back up in the fourth. We're going to take a break. We'll come back on our fourth and final segment, talk more about Kurt's weekend and how you guys can apply it to your life and looking at the examine an examined life and what that really looks like. So we'll take a break on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. Uh, thank you for listening. We are on every week, and uh, if you want to hear us anytime, you go to our podcast. You can go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or FurtherstoneMinistries.org. You just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you will be able to hear this podcast in its entirety. We've got all kinds of great topics, and we want to thank you for listening. We also want to thank our sponsors, Bright Star, Ellen Credit Union, Vision First, Country Lake Christian Retreat Center, and Carol Rogers Carpet One for helping us be on air and, and, and really partnering with us and being a, a sponsor of our show. So we're talking today about uh, the examined life. Yeah, the unexamined life is not worth living. That's what uh, Howard Hendricks, I think, quoted Socrates on that. Yes. So um, I used to listen to Howard Hendricks, and uh, he would say, yes, the unexamined life is not worth living. And uh, guys, are you, is your life examined? Have you examined your life? Have you looked at your life, the inner workings of your life? 
your, your history, past, yeah. your past, your present, and, and where you're going in the future. And we're talking about this today because Kurt uh, recently had a weekend away where he put pen to paper on this for a couple of days uh, with Dan Webster, who's a bit of a life coach and, and helped walk people through this. So what are some of the other things that came out of that weekend? Well, Dan's all about uh, his ministry is called Authentic Leadership. And it's, he's just, how do we walk with, with greater clarity? And again, with open, you know, open hands to, that, that we, we, we make plans, we have strategies, we try to be as intentional as possible. But then at the end of the day, and, and it reminds me so, at the end of the day, we, we just got to surrender to the Lord. And it reminds me of, of growing up on a farm. Mm-hmm. When, when we would get the soil ready, we get the seed ready, we get the fertilizer ready, get everything ready, and we'd plant it. But at the end of the day, I watched my dad do this over and over and over and over again for all all my growing up years and dad still is working on the farm even though he's kind of semi-retired or whatever uh he's 70 gonna be 78 this year Hmm. but he he would say you know we got to pray because if we we can do all this right but if god doesn't bring the rain we will not have a crop Mm -hmm. we will not have a good crop and if god doesn't bring the sunshine and i can i vividly remember when when he would say family Guys, we've got to pray because it has not rained. And if it doesn't rain, we are in deep trouble. And when the rain would come, I would look at him and he would look to the heavens. He would say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. And I that huge impression on a little kid watching your dad look to heaven and going thank you god thank you for the rain because if we don't have rain we have no crop mm-hmm. and uh and but it, it's the balance of we, we got to do our work do our our job but then we have to trust right and at the end of the day and and so you know we, that's how we want to live our lives, right? Right. And we, it, talk, it reminds me of the story about the guy who was walking through the field and he saw this beautiful garden and boy, it was nice and lush and green. And, and the guy, the farmer was out there working on it, the gardener, and, and the guy goes, boy, the, God. The preacher, sh- the preacher went by. <laughs> yeah, the, pre- <laughs> the preacher goes by and he goes, boy, God sure has given you a beautiful garden. And the guy goes, yeah, you should have saw it before I got a hold of it. It was just God. It was just a big overgrown mess, right? There is a role that we play. And I think about Genesis 2.15 when, when God told Adam, here's the garden, work it and take care of it. Those two things, work the garden and take care of the garden. And that's a role that we have to play. And if you take that same principle, and I think that's pretty applicable to our life, to work it and take care of it. But also, like your dad looking up to heaven and saying thank you for the rain yeah the things we have no control over yeah i mean yes and so we we just have to trust and leave our hands wide open to the lord and go okay but we we really have to do our part and i think that's our emphasis today is you know we can overemphasize this and we can put too much emphasis but today's show is all about you know men are we are we making a plan are we living intentional are we do we have a uh uh a path of life that mm-hmm. God has laid out for us, and are we walking in it? I love what Andy Stanley says in his book, uh, I think it's uh, The Pathway. All of us are on a path, mm-hmm. and it leads to somewhere. And, you know, are we walking the good path, a, a path of the straight and narrow, and, and it, is it life-giving, and is it, is it life-rewarding, and is it full of the kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, it also goes back to that, that point that... Um, 
when you have too much focus on it, not enough focus on it, uh, that what we're talking about is is doing your part. And when you did your part over that weekend, what came out of that weekend? What are some of the things that came out of it? Some tangible real life points that, that that you apply now well dan goes i'm, I'm just gonna everything that i have heard and everything that you've put down on paper and that i have you know he guided me in this whole process he says i'm gonna just tell you kurt what i'm hearing he says you're you're about helping men you're about you're about discipling men you and you're you're about the the deeper things of a man's soul he, he goes in one sense you're a soul keeper of men and I'm like, yeah, that really resonated with me. And he said, you're about, and it comes from your dad and, and your, your mom and your, your farm agrarian lifestyle. And you're hardworking and you are about the things of, of deep eternal truths of God. You're about the kingdom of God. And, uh, and we kind of uh, began working on kind of a mission statement for me personally and for the ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, Kurt, you're about encouraging and you're about leading men to lives of depth and influence. And as he said that, I go, yeah, that's, and then he, and then he, uh, he said, Kurt, you are, you are so uniquely qualified to minister to men because of your upbringing, because of the last 25 years and being a pastor, because of not, uh, of the loss of Kristen and all of the tragedy and pain and sorrow, but now you've married Nancy and now you're blending a family. I mean, you, you have an opportunity here to minister uniquely to men in our world that is powerful. Hmm. And as he said that, I'm like, wow, hmm. that, was, that was life-giving, it was encouraging after all the work that we had done for the last two days mm-hmm. you know in uh so in you his, got you i remember coming back and i met with you on that monday that you came back and man you were pumped up i was like man and you what's, started, he been, what's he been eating <laughs> and so you talked about you know for you know, it's almost like you have a new trajectory for further still a new uh, not even a new one but just some more clarity about maybe where it's going where it's been but maybe where it's going. Yeah, because w- when we first started Further Still Ministries, it was it was going to be Kristen and me. Right. Well, Kristen's not here, and so what does that look like? Uh, God's not surprised. I mean, God knew that sh- she wasn't going to be here. Right. Um, so Dan brought great clarity to my thinking and my v- the vision of Further Still and continuing to go after men helping you know I've, you've heard me say this for years chad uh you know when a guy buttons his top button if he gets that right all the other buttons fall in line mm-hmm. and I, I love what ronnie cordray says uh you know preacher here in town if you get the, get the man you get the family and that's so true and and that that just resonates deeply within me because i feel like if we can help men to what we say be a be a something in their toolbox that really encourages and strengthens and equips and helps men become better dads, better, better husbands, better workers, better, better men of God. You know, at the end of my life, Chad, I'm going to tell you, if, if people will say that at my funeral, mm-hmm. he helped men be stronger, 
live with greater courage, with greater integrity, and love their, love their Lord, love their families, love their, their wives in a greater intensity, in a greater way, um, I, I'm going I'm to say, wow, that's, that's what I want to be remembered for. So, guys, as we finish up here, we, we ask you that question. What do you want to be known for when you pass away? What are they going to talk about at your funeral? He was a good guy. He he had he had three million bucks in the bank, and uh, you know, nah, nah, I mean, that may that may be a good thing. I wouldn't mind having three million bucks in the bank when I die. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that either, but my, but I'm not going to need it where I'm going. But <laughs> but my family would be nice. But the point is, as we're asking guys, guys, this is the poignant question here. What do you want people to say about you when you're dead? Now take that and rewind up to this very moment. Are you living a life that will get you that? That's it. What you want at the end, are you living a life that will get you there? And if not, what do you need to do to get on board on that? Mm -hmm. Prioritizing your life, taking pen to paper and doing this. So, uh, and I, this one's, I just wrote this sentence down. Men, you have a life that God can use. Amen. That is so true. Now, somebody might look at Kurt and go, but you've been through some stuff. Guys, every man listening to this, God has had a plan for you since the beginning. Read Ephesians chapter one and you will see he had a plan for you from the, before he ever created the world. And he's got a plan for you right now. Everything that's happened, and from this point on, to use you for his kingdom. What questions are you asking yourself, and what answers are you getting? And, you know, Chad, it's not about being perfect, but it is, it's about being focused and being intentional and uh, having a plan. Why don't so, you pray for our guys, Kurt? Okay. Lord, thank you for this uh, time. I just pray for us guys that we would be men of greater clarity that we would have priorities that would really truly honor you, that we would be men who love well, that we would be life-giving men, and that we would be about your kingdom. And uh, thanks for our, uh, our listeners. God, I thank you for what you're doing in and through their lives, and I pray grace and blessing and power over them right now in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ, who rose from the grave. In your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Go to Facebook and you can hear all of our past shows at our links at iTunes and on SoundCloud or at furtherstoneministries.org. We thank you for listening. Pass this along to someone else and we pray that you will take this and use it, guys, uh, in your life. And uh, hey, thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio. With every step.